If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, humans! Welcome to Not You Guillermo, a What We Do in the Shadows podcast brought to you by The Dip. I'm Nicole Codlin. And I'm Patrick Monahan. Today we're kicking off the first episode of our show. Just going to get caught up to speed with where our favorite Staten Islanders were up at the end of season two and talking about our predictions for season three. So season two ended with, of course, the trial of our four vampires in front of the Vampiric Council or at the Theater of Vampires related to the death of the Baron, but then a bunch of other vampires. And then they're sentenced to death, but Guillermo arrives and saves the day and then kills like every other vampire in the theater. Correct. Except for, I think we're supposed to think The one who looks like him. Uh, well, yes, that, and, <laughs> and also Vladislav, Jermaine Clement, I think he survives because he turns into a bat and leaves. That's important for continuity, I think, reasons, if nothing else. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, they're kind of painted into a corner, both as characters and also, uh, as writers. I'm excited to see where things are headed a little bit. Yeah, well, we've seen the trailer for the new season, and we know that now, because all of the vampires in Staten Island are basically dead, there's, like, this power vacuum, right? And... Our heroes are now the head vampires, but only one of them can be king. Yes. And everyone loves a power struggle. We're moving beyond just roommate problems, and now it's becoming uh, problems for, I guess, taking over the new world, which was, again, the agenda that was put in place at the beginning of once the Baron arrived way back in season one. So where we're finally circling back to some version of that plan, which I think is, uh, is good. Yes. And of course, the other thing is now all the vampires know that Guillermo is a vampire killer. Yes. Although they didn't really seem to acknowledge what that meant when he said his name was Guillermo de la Cruz. They all just kind of said, where are you supposed to pick up the laundry? What? You know, they're mad at him about other stuff. So presumably some conversations will happen off screen. They'll get a little better understanding of what the what's going on. I mean, I'm looking forward to finding out kind of what happens in between the seasons, because mm-hmm. I, I imagine we're going to jump ahead a little bit. And, you know, I don't know how much global vampire sort of coverage we're going to get of kind of what the reaction has been or if this is just all within Staten Island. That's just like the Staten Island scene. There's kind of a lot of celebs in Staten Island, at least within. Yeah. Because they point out all these people that are like huge vampire stars. And so... Maybe everybody flew in, like it was the Met Gala or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know if... They, can they fly? I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. You know, I, I'm hazy on... Can vampires fly? They could turn into bats. No. Can they fly over... But that's So the whole thing, like, traditional vampire thing is flying... You can't uh, traverse a body of water unless you're in the soil from your homeland. Interesting. Oh, so that's why in Dracula, he had to come over in a casket. Correct. Uh, and what's-his-face who ate bugs... Uh, Renfield, had to, yeah. like, watch over him. Yes. Thank you, Redfield. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think, why the Baron came the way he came. He was on the ship, and then they got him at the wharf and all that. So, God, unless there's a okay. lot of ship traffic, and I don't know if you're going to write in the, the Suez Canal I mean, stuff, because that's obviously, you know, that's, <laughs> that can't be good for vampire travel. That would be a very funny one-off episode, is one vampire is just stuck in the Suez Canal. 
It would have to be in the world of the show. It would have to be somehow the vampire's fault that the ship got stuck. Yes. He, yeah, he frightened the guy and the guy turned the helm too much or way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's for season four. That's season. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get a, maybe a throwback episode to the. uh, We can only hope. (laughs) But this season, we know, uh, we know a few things, both from the trailers and from things that they've said. We know that Nandor is trying to get a girlfriend which is what I assume the health club thing is about. In the trailers, he's at a health club briefly. My guess is that he read somewhere that like, it says here the best place to pick up women is at the gym. And so he goes to a gym, but he already has like superhuman strength. (laughs) Um, So he could just like toss barbells around and stuff. And we also know that they're going to be fighting over the throne. We also are supposed to get more background on Colin Robinson, which is what I personally am most interested in. I have been rewatching, kind of getting ready, doing some uh, boning up, which I first thought, I was like, well, maybe I can work that into like a joke. But then I realized that bones have nothing to do with vampires. That's just kind of a general Halloween thing. So, uh, <laughs> no good. Not a good joke. They have bones. Yeah, One of I mean, the teasers, there's a bone in that, it. Yeah, but it's not. It's like spirit Halloween level uh, humor. So, uh, yeah, I got the. Spirit Halloween is a very successful business. Time I think to you should bone be up. For that. And the, nobody's buying it when the Crypt Keeper says it. So, um, Colin Robinson is to me the. The others are kind of traditional vampires, right? You know, like they have all the, you know, they can't be in the sun. You know, I assume, I forget if garlic has played a big role, but, you know, they react badly to crosses, religious imagery. And the episode where the Baron is there, he eats pizza and it like burns his face. That's right. And so all the standard vampire stuff, Colin Robinson, they can kind of do whatever they want with. So he's got basically limitless power as far as I can see. He can walk in the daylight. He can, if he gets it, uses his power enough, he can just kind of like, he gets a big brain. He grows hair. Yes. The episode where Colin Robinson becomes too powerful is my favorite episode of what we do in the show. <laughs> he makes clones of himself. He's just so powerful. Yes. All of a sudden, there are three of them. In the trailer, we see he gets lit on fire, and he's just fine. So it's not clear like what could kill Colin it, Robinson. It really does raise the question, what kills Colin Robinson? Presumably, yes. a stake to the heart would still do it. But there's got to be more than that, I think. What if he just has like regular... He's like a regular body, but he just doesn't age. Like he just got somehow like he's just like, yeah, like if I got in a really bad car accident, I would die. That might be it. Although yeah. no, because the fire thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, huh. never mind. We don't know. But what we do know about him, what they have teased is that in this episode, we're gonna see his hundredth birthday, which means that he would have been born in, you know, 1919 or whatever. Say this is set a year pre-pandemic. Which is interesting because there's also the episode where he said, first of all, in the opening credits, there's an old-timey picture of him that looks like it's from, like, the 1800s. So they might have to retcon that into him being at, like, a county fair and in one of those booths (laughs) where you wear old-timey clothing. But also, there's the episode where they all summon their ghosts and he summons his grandmother to make the updog joke. She seems, like, weirdly more modern than somebody's grandmother who was born in 1919. Yes. Nadia also says he came with the house at one point. So... I mean, that could work, I suppose. He's got like a Mr. Burns level, you know, the age is elastic depending on the situation. I don't think we have to worry too much about, uh, yeah. It's like, uh, listen up, writers. We got some uh, some things we noticed that don't jibe. You guys should work on your, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're good. So yeah, I need to know more about Colin Robinson. I want to know what the ultimate expression of, I mean, I, I don't think, but like, is it like an Akira situation where he just starts absorbing things around him? Like, you know, how far does this go? I want to know is how one becomes an energy vampire because we've seen, uh, I don't know if this is vampire canon or just within the world of the show, but to become a vampire, you have to drink of the vampire's blood. 
So, like, they have to suck your blood and then they have to give you some of your blood to make you a vampire. That's how Beanie Feldstein becomes a vampire. So I kind of feel like to become an energy vampire, like, I think Colin Robinson was just base level such a boring guy that an energy vampire tried to drain him and then he drained the energy vampire right back. Yeah, that sounds plausible enough. It's he's a very he's a very low effort guy, which I respect, you know? That's like if I was going to be among the choices that we've seen a type of vampire that's in the show, I think I'd go with that because I'm not like a violent, you know, I'm passive aggressive at best. That's about as tough as I will get. So for me, you know, that's exactly messing with people in that way is exactly kind of my wavelength. Yeah, I would say I'm a bit of an energy vampire myself, to be frank. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, I think that's probably true of all podcasters, which makes me a little surprised that Colin Robinson has not started a podcast yet. Well, who knows? It could be. Yeah, yeah there seasons three and four, maybe just a man with a mic, just uh, giving his thoughts there. Yeah, that, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to do anything with Zoom. You know, I mean, if they're going to, I mean. So they said that they weren't addressing the pandemic at all in season three. Okay, Maybe good. they will in season four. But, I was going to say, uh, I, I, yeah, no. I'm of two minds about that kind of thing anyway. Like where shows that don't need to be about it mention it. Like, you know, the stuff that's come out since it's like, it's okay. Like it's, it's fake. You don't have to make an issue episode. Right. Or whatever. That being said, we're getting to the point where we've been in it for so long that if you try to do it, like, now if you set a show in the present and it's not in there somewhere, it's kind of like, so this is just an alternate reality. Then. Yeah. Well, I like, I mean, I th- the one I think of is uh, This Is Us, which uh, my girlfriend watches, but I have seen enough of to think it's insane. And uh, <laughs> somebody put it on Twitter, and I forget who it was, that it's a show where everyone, every episode says goodbye to each other and passes away in a big bed every episode. That's great. <laughs> This is us is, but yeah, they would talk about the pandemic and it's like, you don't have to do that. It's like a weird, like flash forward, flashback thing. Anyway, unrelated to vampires, unrelated to what we do in the shadows. Uh, I guess if they're going to address the pandemic, that's great. In season four, I'm glad they're not now because I don't think anyone needs to hear anything else about it uh, at the moment, even though I'm sure it will be fun. We've already talked a little bit about what we're kind of hoping to see very vaguely, but let's have to take a little break here and then let's talk a little bit more in detail about what we know and what we hope to see, you know, some things that maybe we hope will come back and kind of general things that we hope will be part of the show going forward. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And we are back, and something else that is coming back this Thursday, September 2nd, is the show that we're talking about what we do in the shadows. They're Incredibly good two- transition. Yeah, I'm really good at this. I don't want to make Nailed that very really clear. Uh, they're airing two episodes, episode one, episode two of season three. 
And we have the descriptions here. So we have a little bit more information on kind of what the breakdown is going to be. So why don't we uh, take a little look and we'll see if we can kind of do a little prognosticating. Episode one is called The Prisoner Episode. It airs, uh, like we said, September 2nd. The description is Guillermo's fate hangs in the balance as the vampires receive a promotion. So they know kind of what he's about now. He also just committed way more crimes than they were accused of. So presumably would be in line for some kind of punishment. Apparently the way things work in the vampire world is if you kill everyone that is above you on the sort of org chart, you just move up the org chart. <laughs> so I got my last promotion too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just stake through the heart of the head of HR. Um, (laughs) This should come very naturally to Nandor, I think, who has traditionally always gained power through pillaging and killing. That's my Nandor. That's truly the best I can do. That's Um, pretty good. Thank you so much. I don't even try. So that's that. I, so I respect that you're doing it at all, frankly. Thank you. My friend Henry Gamble and I occasionally just text each other in Nandor's voice and just say, Colleen Robinson. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, I think that they are probably supposed to punish him, but it worked out really well for them that he killed all these vampires. And also, I think if we've seen anything about them, they're very lazy. So I don't think they want to go through, you know, the hundreds of resumes to find a new familiar at this point. Right. They got to get on ZipRecruiter or uh, I'm, trying to think of, I'm trying to think of podcast uh, uh, job boards, getting on Indeed. Uh, well, they would have to get on monster.com and then yeah. it, that would be some sort of monster pun. You get where I'm coming from. Yeah. They'll be annoyed. There isn't actually a monster. Or maybe there is a monster. Who knows? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. But I'm very curious to see what transpires where that, that leads to them not being punished for the things that presumably there's somebody else who knows about what this whole plan to lure them to the, you know, the easiest uh, to spot trap of all time. Well, and especially because Jermaine Clement escaped. So in theory, he's out there somewhere and he knows. Right. But apparently what happens is maybe nobody else wants to deal with it. And they're just like, Mm -hmm. fine, you guys are in charge. Good luck. Also, I guess, kill that guy or whatever. And maybe that's the extent of what they get. And uh, maybe or maybe the vampires are like, you know what? This guy is a horrible vampire slayer. It would be good to have him on our side. So maybe we let them live and we try to get this guy to stop killing all the other vampires. There you go. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. They've got at least one additional. I don't know if it's it's not clear whether she's sort of a subordinate or because she yells at them a lot in the trailer. Uh, Kristen, Kristen Shaw, Shaw is back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the articles that I read refers to her as like the guardian. She's like the guardian of the whatever vampire HQ is. And apparently this is like a new location. It's not like they get the throne in their house. And so they go there and there's like a library and like, you know, all the resources they could possibly, it's like some sort of like country club, but for vampires. So I think she's like a glorified groundskeeper. Yeah. She's like the office manager. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm just going to keep going back to office terminology. That's what I'm comfortable with at this point. So that's, yeah, I think that. I assume most of the people are listening to this podcast while sitting at their office, wishing they weren't there. So (laughs) uh, I think they'll be able to connect with that. She's still involved and presumably will guide them through the whole process. But I think it's going to be a lot of them figuring it out for themselves. As we saw in the trailer when Nadia was like pulling Colin Robinson off the throne. Yeah. Which is, you know, do they think that there's some, is there some kind of magical thing that happens when you sit on the throne or couldn't you just push him off later? Like keeping him from getting on it even once. It truly seems purely symbolic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But 
We are not only getting that episode this Thursday because it is a twofer. They're doing, they're releasing two episodes for the premiere. Uh, And episode two is called The Cloak of Duplication. And the description is, a forbidden artifact is used to help Nandor court a health club employee. Presumably the forbidden artifact is the Cloak of Duplication, although it would be funny if it wasn't. Yes. (laughs) It would be funny if there there was the Cloak of Duplication and then a separate forbidden artifact mysterious orb or something yeah that would be good Mm -hmm. we've seen duplication in this show before without a cloak i have to say so uh again point for colin robinson well no colin robinson he made three of himself ah yes of course seaman i wonder why nandor would need duplication unless they unless duplication doesn't mean what i think it means does it mean like duplicity like it disguises him that could be uh but i mean i think in general if you get the chance to multiply yourself and make clones or make, you know, I've never seen any negative consequences in any of the media I've consumed. Definitely, you know, I've only seen the first 45 minutes of Michael Keaton's multiplicity, and it seemed like it was working out great. Uh, no consequences. I think that movie's only 45 minutes long. So, yeah, so, yeah there's great. no there's no problems. It just makes your home and work lives much easier. So, uh, yes. Go ahead if you get the chance to clone yourself. See, my, that's a much better point of reference than what I was going to say, which is the like 1998, I think, movie Clockstoppers, that I'm the only person who's ever seen it. But I saw it at such an impressionable age that I think about it probably every day. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those movies that like doesn't exist. I remember the title. And I vaguely, I think I remember the art, but I did not see that movie. So there you go. So Nandor's going to the gym to pick up chicks. Uh, And specifically the employee of the health club who is in one of the trailers that we saw. Yes. I am curious how she decides that she's the one. I wonder if she was like the first person who came up in like online dating or if there was like some sort of prophecy that said somebody who fits this description would be the woman. But yeah, maybe she just likes horses and he, you know, he brought up John (laughs) and somehow that led to something. Maybe. Now, the other important thing to remember is this will be Nandor's, I think, 38th wife. So you have to wonder how she will feel about that, knowing how many wives he's previously had. Well, he's a, I'm not going to say widower 37 times in a row, but he's he's got a body count. I assume they're all alive. I do think some percentage of them, they're for sure not alive, but I assume like the, the lion's share of them were all simultaneous during the Ottoman Empire, right? I pictured like a harem situation because you, you just yeah. kind of, yeah, you picture him as a soup to nuts conqueror type guy, you know? So yeah, that, that fits you know, with the general You know, your soup to nuts image. conquerors. Yeah, so. <laughs> just your regular nuts and bolts conquering. Just standard, standard <laughs> stuff. Real lunch pail guy, ham and egger out there <laughs> doing all that conquering stuff. So yeah, so, so you know, I like the idea of Nandor in a gym. I think that's very funny. I like the idea of him taking yoga or swimming in a pool or something like that. If it's a health club, it kind of goes beyond, yeah. you know, or getting a juice and pretending to like a juice or something to mm-hmm. not freak people out. Or throwing the juice over his shoulder like Jim the Vampire and Jackie Daytona had to do. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And then I think it's there's also got to be a feat of strength at some point. Having to pretend not to be as strong and like how that would yeah. make him very upset. Because Oh no, would... I can't lift all the weight. <laughs> if only someone could help me. Guillermo, go away. Guillermo, go away. We'll get some quality Staten Island guys in there, I'm hoping. Yes. You know, just a really just a cartoon character brought to life. That's what I'm sort of yeah. picturing. As somebody who used to work in a gym near, uh, you know, way out in Brooklyn, there's a lot of that type of guy wandering around. <laughs> So I feel like we would be the show would be remiss not to have, you know, some dude in a string tank top 
whose face looks like a leather wallet offering advice that nobody asked him for. <laughs> exactly. He's like a much more powerful version because you can see he's in like his outfit. He's not in like workout clothes, at least to start, at least when we see. So he's like the er version of the guy who works out in jeans. <laughs> yes. Also, he can't go out in the daytime. So he's one of those people who goes to the gym at like two in the morning. And yes. that is the strangest amalgamation of people in one place that you'll ever yeah. see. Yeah. He's the person you see on the elliptical through like the, in like the apartment building gym when you're like going out or something or like coming home from going out. It's like, okay, yeah, quite a glimpse into what's going on over there. So that's all we know about the first two episodes, but there's a lot of other things that I think we would like to see happen. So let's talk about our top three characters from the previous two seasons that we hope will come back. This is kind of a package deal, but I'm going to say Wallace and or Topher. Ah, okay. Because they're sort of tied together the way the episode ended, but Topher was the Laszlo and Nadia's familiar who got Played by uh, Haley Joel Osment. Yes, who, who was a uh, who was uh, was killed and then resurrected by Wallace, uh, played by uh, Benedict Wong, who is not very legitimate uh, necromancer. So he was brought back as kind of a not really all there zombie. They kept him around, and then eventually they kind of like got rid of him. And it turns out he's not dead, dead, re dead. I don't know what the you know, but he works in a I guess what was called a sweatshop because that's what it seems like it is. Um, <laughs> For Wallace making the license plate keychains that everyone was very excited to get at the end of that episode. So, you know, it's presumably still kicking. Wallace is presumably still running his uh, racket. So, uh, I, you know, I think another visit there for one reason or another, or maybe like a zombie jailbreak or something like that, you know, it could be exciting. Yeah, the zombies all unionize. <laughs> yeah, like a Norma Ray situation, but with. Yes, yeah, exactly. Anyway. I definitely want to see Wallace again. I feel like he can offer some sort of like protection charm for them or something. Also, just I think Benedict Wong should have his own TV show because he's so funny and good. Yeah, with the with the wig. FX, if you're listening, which I know you are, <laughs> FX is for sure listening to the show. Please give yes. Benedict Wong his own spinoff. We need more more Benedict Wong scatting. That is what we need. <laughs> what if it was Benedict Wong and Kim Cattrall in some sort of odd couple situation where they had to scat? That is a <laughs> reference to a video that I hope our listeners have seen. Google Kim Cattrall scatting. Okay, my number three character who I would like to see return is uh, a bit unexpected, but I would like to see Guillermo's mom. We see her at the in uh, season two, episode 10, the very last episode when he kind of like gives up and goes back to his life. And I want to know more about what Guillermo's family thinks he's been doing for the past 10 years. Because he's now, this season he might be up to like 11 years or something, but Guillermo has said that he's been with Nando like a long, long time. But he clearly still has some sort of relationship with his family. So I want to know what that whole dynamic is. Yeah, just be like, what do you do? Like, what's your, mm-hmm. what, what you know, like, how do you feed yourself? Like, what, you know, it's like, well, I run errands for people and I sleep. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I sleep in under the stairs and, uh, <laughs> and I live in this cartoonishly haunted looking mansion. I think that's good. I think that would be a little more of a, a fuller picture of kind of his deal. Maybe what he was, more about what he was like as a kid. I know we got some of that way back when we first met all the characters. He kind of talked about his whole, you know, wanting to become a uh, a vampire from an early age. Um, and I think, yeah, that could shed some fun light on that. I like that. My number two, and this is kind of another cheat because it's a group of people, but I would like to see if we're going to get anything else from the Mosquito Collectors. Oh, geez, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was sort of a, a pretty big plot 
you know, it was the same episode. So what was going on was when they thought they were cursed from the laptop and from the chain email. So that, that was sort of the what was going on with the vampires while this was happening. But Guillermo had been sort of trying to infiltrate this group that he found out, you know, he thought he was looking for virgins. So he saw mosquito collectors and thought, okay, here we go. But it turns out they were actually people who were trying to hunt vampires, including Jenna's roommate from college, Shanice, I think her name is. And so they ended up going on a raid. And this was discussed in the last episode of the the second season to a house filled with like 70s themed vampires called the Hustle Dynasty, I think is what the family's name was. Yes. And it went obviously wrong. First of all, the main thing is like, I I couldn't get past this, you know, like this is a vampire hunting organization or whatever. It's obviously hobbyists and stuff. Why would you go at night to where the vampires are? Well, because they needed to use that kid's mom's van. Yeah. Presumably it it. was only available at night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I think it was Derek. And I think, yeah, he, they still had to bring the van back, but he, uh, he died left in the house. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know if he's dead or not. I guess we didn't see a body. It would be interesting if he came back as a vampire. Yeah. Perma virgin, because he's the guy who makes it very clear that he's a virgin through the way he uh, behaves. I believe his pitch was, we should all have sex with each other. That was his like activity suggestion. Uh And he said, please stop suggesting that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's because that was like a pretty serious arc. And then it kind of got, you know, it would be very understandable if those people did not decide they didn't want to hunt vampires anymore. I understand that. I think that makes perfect sense. But if they want to come back, maybe with a vengeance and try again, and maybe they find out Guillermo was working on the inside, even though he actually saved them all. I think that could be interesting. So plus, I like Greg Robinson. I, I, I would like to see him again just generally because I, I think he's very funny. I agree. I agree. Great number two pick. Okay. My number two pick, very minor character who's only seen once in the orgy episode, is the Chinese jumping vampire. Um, <laughs> we only see him once. Uh, the Chinese jumping vampire is like a, it's a real thing in like Chinese legend. And I just think, one, it's nice to see a show with such diversity in the vampires. And two, I think the show is like very fun when it explores all the different ways a vampire can be, which is why Colin Robinson and Vanessa Bear were so fun. And so I want to see what would make the Chinese hopping vampire unique and different. Way hops would be one thing, right? That'd be part. That's that's a key. That I think that would be the big thing is the hopping mostly. But there's a lot of cool things. I should really have talked to my boyfriend about this because he has a paranormal preparedness podcast and there's been an episode, but I'm not going to listen to my boyfriend's podcast. Come on. (laughs) Just like he's not going to listen to this one. But it's like a different, you become a vampire differently in uh, hopping vampire lore. Like you have to, like the corpse of a dead person is not buried and then it's struck by lightning. Or according to Wikipedia, when a pregnant cat leaps across the coffin. (laughs) And I think that would be fun. It was like, well, I turned into a vampire after this weird... Like, a lot of things had to come together for me to be a vampire. Sort of a long story. Um, yeah, I just want to see that guy more. Also, it was funny seeing him hop. Yes. You gotta lock those pregnant cats up. You can't have that risk. That's a big problem. Yeah, they should know better than that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think anyway from, like, the, the sort of montages that they've done of, you know, all the, you know, where you get, like, a flash of this, all, you know, any like, they've created this, you know, it's like a Springfield-like world. It's like The Simpsons, but, like, it's Springfield if people were constantly getting killed. That's part of the problem with trying to think of people you want to see back. It's like, okay, who is not dead? Like, who did, who did not <laughs> yes. <laughs> who did not end their arc, like, exploding in, in a, you know, fountain of blood or whatever? So it's mm-hmm. a little tricky. I guess my number one, I mean, I think this is probably an obvious one. Jenna, the baby vampire that was uh, created by Nadia, uh, played mm-hmm. by Beanie Feldstein. And, you know, who knows the filming commitments and stuff? I'm not sure. But uh, I will say the thing about, you know, 
she's like just learning her powers and stuff. And then that sort of, you know, for one reason or another, we don't really go back to her, but her power, I believe is invisibility. So maybe we'll find out that she's been around the whole time and we didn't even realize And that would be fun to see, I think. And yeah, the, the sort of learning how to be a vampire thing is interesting territory. Obviously true blood had a character that was that for like the whole run of the show. Jessica, I think her name is, I gotta, I gotta remember my vampire shows, but fun character. And you know, it's also a good way to get more of the rules on how you're supposed to act and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I like. I want to know all the rules. So I'm into that. Yes. Um, and also she's just very funny. So that too. Yeah. that goes, All that goes without saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about it more, more structurally, but it's like also uh, good, uh, she's good on the show. <laughs> I don't sound like that. Um, <laughs> that was me. I was doing my, me as myself. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Oh, now you're doing you. Okay. Yes, that's right. My third and final pick, again, I think might be kind of an obvious one, but I think Jim the Vampire. I think I want to see him come back now that he figured out he's been wronged once again by Laszlo, who told him the big mouth Billy Bass Fish was a one of a kind, and then he found out it wasn't. Although it does seem like he found happiness with the girls volleyball team in Pennsylvania, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they squashed the beef. Jim is interesting because it's like he doesn't seem to he seems kind of unworldly for somebody who's been alive for however many hundreds of years. At a certain point, like you would just think length of time would mean you can't be a rube anymore because you're not like a you fell off the turnip truck a while ago. You know, like you you have to eventually start living your life, but apparently not. So the Billy Bass thing, that was like a big thing in the 90s. Like they were around men like they <laughs> I had one. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we had one too. And so, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's on at a certain point maybe he's just too embarrassed to admit it. You know, that's on him, you know. True. I think. So, now, you know. Now, the the show's creators have said that at least in season 3 we're not getting another Jackie Daytona episode, which is too bad. But I'm hopeful for season 4, although I don't consider that a new character because it is Laszlo. Yes. I think that's good. You don't want to set the precedent of having to have a Jackie Daytona episode every season. Yeah. You know. Why does he have to run away this time? Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, it sounds funny now. So maybe I, t- I take it back. Um, I wonder what the hit rate's going to be on who's coming back. I don't know. It's hard not to think about like the filming schedules and logistics and be like, oh, maybe nobody. But, uh, you know. I mean, I bet, I think Nick Kroll will probably come back in some capacity, right? Or was he one of the vampires who got killed in the theater? No, he I wasn't. don't remember seeing him in that episode. No, he wasn't there. Or he yeah. wasn't, uh, he they didn't show him at least. So I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, there, there you go. Get, get Simon back. That's always fun. Yeah. That's what we hope for, at least in terms of characters that are coming back. One thing I think that, you know, would be nice to the extent we can explore. Jackie went on a road trip. Lazlo went on a road trip, I mean, as Jackie. You know, it'd be fun to see them go on a road trip, see what the vampire scene is like in a different place. You know, we know Manhattan is an obnoxious club, basically. That's the only real experience we got in Manhattan that I, that I can think of. But go a little further. Let's see what the vampires are like in, uh, I don't know, uh, what's a funny place? Cleveland. Well, if you go to a place, yeah, Cleveland, uh, it's very weird. They put uh, they put chili on their spaghetti here. <laughs> we don't eat spaghetti, but we think it's weird. We don't like human food, but it's disgusting. They go to Chicago. They can't put ketchup on the human bodies there. Yeah, there's all kinds of regional food jokes I could make. Yes. How long do we have? How long do you want this <laughs> podcast to be? I also, like, this won't happen because they shoot in Toronto, but... I would love to see them go to some of New York's dumbest locations. Like, I would love to see them at the M&M store. That would rule. <laughs> Put them there. We haven't actually seen them on... Oh, here's an interesting question. I guess not, because there's a bridge. But if vampires can't travel, 
like, unless they're, like, they can't cross water unless they have the dirt of their home country. Like, trying to get them all on the Staten Island Ferry might be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Guillermo has four buckets that they have to stand in. Yeah, okay. But yeah, really stretching the limit of what the lore says. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's like, I'm in the soil. It's like, no, we meant, like, laying in a coffin so it looks cool. It's like, no, I'm doing it. I'm in the planter bucket. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do. I do like this Times Square idea because I, I, I'm now just picturing uh, Nandor saying Margaritaville. And that's uh, really that's delightful. <laughs> to me. Colin Robinson, let's go to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's got to happen. FX, I know you're listening. Yeah. Take him to Margaritaville. Up that budge to film in in Times Square. There you go. What do we think is going to happen with Guillermo? You know, we know he's not going to get, unless all the stuff we saw in the trailers in the first episode, he's not going to get murked as punishment. But, you know, is he ever, and this is something I think we should track over the course of, of the season, you know, and to the extent that we can do like a little bit of a, like a New York Times needle, you know, type thing. Is Guillermo ever going to actually get to become a vampire? Are they going to bestow the gift on him? Or will, maybe someone else could do it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be them. I think the series finale is going to be him becoming a vampire. Or he will become a vampire in the final season is about these four people having to now deal with Guillermo being their equal. But I don't think it'll happen this season. Okay. So that's your prediction. I think either way, season four is the soonest that we would see Guillermo become a vampire. But, you know, assuming that they get more seasons after that, then I think they're going to wait to pull that trigger for as long as possible. I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't know that he necessarily, I mean, we can, and like I said, we can track this and we can see. I'm not sure that he wants to be, a, we haven't really gotten clarification that he wants to be one at this point because he bailed on the house. He went back out of, you know, Something resembling, I guess, like, you know, he wants to protect his friends or whatever you want to call them. You know, I don't know. It's hard to really define what that relationship is. But he's not the same guy he was where he's kind of subservient. And, you know, and obviously he's still kind of a doormat, you know, to some extent. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just uh, maybe he's just him and, and he doesn't need to be something that something else. I don't know. Uh, that's that's me trying to write an inspirational thing into it that might not be there. Um <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so we'll keep the, I don't know, the Guillermo tracker going. Every episode will take stock and we'll see if we're closer or further away from uh, hitting the goal. Yeah, we'll say he's at 15 minutes to midnight right now and he'll get <laughs> either closer or further away as the season progresses. I was trying to think of like uh, DEFCONs. I'm trying to think of what would a, yeah, yeah DEFCON. What, what, what I'm trying levels? to think of some kind of teeth or bite joke and it's just not coming to me. Hey, come on! It's Friday. It's Friday after. We're look. We're all very tired here. Okay, it's been it's been a long week. Uh, yes. Those are our predictions and, and our hopes for season three. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to see what happens on this season of What We Do in the Shadows, which starts on September second. New episodes of Not You Guillermo every Monday. So please rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It really helps podcasts. And you can follow me and Pat on social media. I'm at Nicole Conlon on Twitter and at the Nicole Conlon on Instagram. I'm at Patty Mo on both of those things. And don't forget to visit thedip.com to stay up to date on all sorts of pop culture. That's the dipp.com. You can follow the dip on Instagram at T-H-E-D-I-P-P. Bat. You're going to do this every week? It never works. Hold up. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.